Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Katarina Rienert about her escape wedding at Walt Disney World. She had a beautiful wedding that she was able to customize, and I thought that you guys would love to hear how she did that, especially because she was planning from Germany. Welcome, Katarina. Glad to be on the show. So tell me a little bit about how two crazy kids from Germany decided they wanted to get married at Walt Disney World. It was actually because of you, (laughs) from my part at least. When the first time the Alfred Angelo Disney bride dresses came out, I saw them on the German Glamour app from the magazine, and um, the pics were very bad. So I Googled them because I just wanted to see the dresses. And actually, your blog, the Disney Travel Babble blog, came up first in my Google research. And then I was like, oh, well, they do weddings at Disney. And that's the thing. And that's where it all started. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So then as it got more serious and you thought, we're really going to do this here, how did you decide escape versus wishes versus memories? So, of course, because we are from Germany, we knew right from the beginning that Not very much people would be able to come with us to the U.S., especially we knew that our parents might not be able to come with us. It was not an easy decision. We were looking into an at-home wedding, but my husband's family is very large, and if we would have celebrated here, it would be like 300 guests or more. And, well, they have a very specific taste and how they want things done at a wedding. And that's just not our style. And then we basically decided we could spend the money on the things we really want to and just have the wedding that we wanted to and not just to cater to everybody else. That's great. So did you ever consider the memories package or was it pretty much escape from the start? We did consider the memories package. We liked Sunrise Terrace as a location best. So that was a problem because Wilderness Lodge is now under construction and it wouldn't have been available in May. And also we wanted a bit like more of a show or more of a wedding if we had guests. And we were planning on having like four to six people but it turned out that we only had one in the end for her it it was worth it definitely that's awesome and also we really really like the theme park location that was the other thing that's right because escape lets you use the canada terrace location which is so beautiful yeah so how did your friends and family react when you told them where you were getting married well, 
we kept it a secret from the family for quite a while. <laughs> so basically, we eloped. Um, our friends, at least our close friends, knew about it. And we asked them if they could come. But my mom was the first from our family. And she, she was very supportive. And I thank, really, really thank her for that. But yeah, my grandma, I think, is still mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to show her the pictures and bring her some cake or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we still have an at-home reception in August here. So. Oh, that's great. And that's a great alternative, too, because it can be more relaxed and everybody can come and just have a good time and celebrate and look at your photos and not be as formal as it sounds like maybe your family would want for a wedding. Yeah, and we're actually doing a, a brunch. So I took the tips and advice from all the Disney brides and now we're doing a brunch here, which was way more cheap than anything else because we live in a very, very like high wedding location area and everything is very expensive here. <laughs> so the brunch option is perfect to save some money there. And we still have a little bit of Disney going into it. And now we ended up having only like 40 guests and it's like only immediate family and friends. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. So you just had one guest. What was it like to have such an intimate event with a very close friend <laughs> so far <laughs> from home? <laughs> so actually, it didn't really feel like we that we had only one guest because... We made sure from the start that all our vendors that were part of our day were really part of our day and that we get along with them. And yeah, so it actually was kind of fun because we never felt like alone with just Jenny. And I also made sure that she, especially in when we were getting ready, um, got to know our photographers, our videographers, so she had someone to talk to. And even our efficient talked to her when we were off uh, taking photographs and some video and stuff. And yeah, so basically she was there when I needed her. She took awesome like backstage shots of the photographers doing their work. And she loved it. It was her first time at a Disney theme park, and she really, really loved it. Oh, that's wonderful. It sounds like you've made a convert. <laughs> so tell me a bit about how you chose your ceremony venue. You were saying that you thought Canada was the most beautiful? Yeah, so the final decision was between Seabreeze Point and Canada Terrace. I think I even read it in your trip report about your wedding, there was one passage where you said, um, or I think Patrick said it, when I think when you get married at Disney, you just basically have to do it in a theme park when you're there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And because my hometown is at a big lake here, I mean, I love water and everything. And I must say, emphasize that when we booked the wedding, we never had have a trip to Walt Disney World. We did have a trip, one trip uh, before the wedding, but that was like our first trip and we were supposed to only have our engagement pictures taken, but then everything came different <laughs> and we thought it would be. We actually booked the wedding before the trip 
And when we saw Seabreeze Point, we realized that it would have been so public and we are not, well, I'm at least not very, yeah, like to be the center of attraction and it was just perfect. So to be so secluded and still in the park and still get the attention from all, um, you know, the other tourists there and the people and the congratulations that at least for the ceremony we were just by ourselves and that was perfect for us. That's wonderful. I know sometimes people are concerned about the waterfall there and maybe we'll have to listen when you get your video back, but (laughs) did you find that it was a distraction or it was too loud? Because it's so beautiful to look at. Actually, I had to make them put it on. I had to make a special request to my wedding planner because apparently they only like put it on sometimes, not every time. Um, that goes for the benches. Oh, interesting. So the benches, you had to request them to be moved. Yeah. And actually, they were moved for a whole honeymoon. That was kind of funny. <laughs> You're like, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we walked to Canada Terrace during our honeymoon, and we were there for two whole weeks, uh, the benches still remained in their different spots. But I think that was hilarious. <laughs> but but um, yeah, the waterfall actually, when the ceremony happened, I think because it was so intimate, we didn't realize it at all. But I talked to a videographer and he said that he might not have a very good recording of our voices. So we have to see. Interesting. Well, hopefully by the time your episode airs, we will have the video so we can put the link Mm -hmm. in the post and people can check that out. So tell me a bit about your process for planning from so far away geographically and then with a big time difference. With the escape package, we basically, and with all the outside vendors as well, I basically did everything through email. So it didn't matter when I wrote that email. It actually turned out to be really great because, you know, I could write all my emails at morning time here. And I know when our vendors would wake up and get started to work, basically my email would be first in line. <laughs> <laughs> So, and that was not, not a problem at all. It was more than when the wedding, when we were right before the wedding and we had all these phone calls or Skype calls with our vendors and our wedding planner. That was like, all of them were basically in the night for us. And when all of them came together, we had long nights, (laughs) but it turned out fine. That's great. That's a great idea to use Skype because then it's like you're getting to meet them and it's free. (laughs) Yeah. So which options from the escape package did you choose and did you upgrade any of them? We chose the Canada Terrace package to be in the theme park and we had the Petite Mobile, the white cake with the black scrolls. Oh yeah, it's sort of an Art Nouveau design, yeah. Yeah. And I tried to change that, actually. Um, and I try. I came up with this, I thought, great idea to, like, downgrade the cake. Because I wasn't fond of any of the designs from the escape package. So I thought, well, when they can do scrolls, they should be able to just do a plain fondant cake. Or maybe just do fondant in one color. 
And when I asked about that, Disney quoted me 250 bucks just for getting the plane from it. So basically for not having them to do anything with it. <laughs> we just said, no, that's not worth it to us to have them not do anything. So then we had to go with one of the designs. And yeah, we choose this one because for us it was the most elegant one. And what I had them done for free, <laughs> we had the sugar floral removed because it wouldn't have gone well with my bouquets and stuff. So that's what they do for free. They will remove the sugar floral. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that was basically giving me my, my one shock <laughs> from all the upgrades you can do. Uh, that was, I thought it was insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did they let you change the color of that design on the cake? No. Really? No. <laughs> Yeah, apparently you can have different colors for the Mickeys, for the Mickey hats. Okay. But not for the squirrels. It was also very interesting because the first layer under the fondant was cardboard. You mean because they had the top tier was sitting on a piece of cardboard? Yeah. For the cake topper, they put cardboard under the fondant. That is so funny. It sounds like the whole cake was made out of cardboard. Yeah, and it, it was so funny when two days after the wedding, I ate a piece of cardboard because I put a fork in the cake and then, yeah, realized it was cardboard. That is hilarious. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, a guest at my wedding, to be unnamed, ate a pat of Mickey butter thinking it was white chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Disney and their little tricks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Due to a bride, beware of the cardboard. Yes. Yeah, well, what other upgrade we had? I think you could call it an upgrade. I had the bouquet and boudonniere from the package be brought to our Magic Kingdom session because I did my bridal bouquet and bridesmaid bouquet by myself. Oh, neat. Did you do paper flowers or silk floral? I made paper flowers and my uh, maid of honor had a park map bouquet. Oh, that's great. Made out of like folded up park maps. Yeah, so I stole park mix from the park in October and then made the bouquet. And my bouquet was made of origami paper uh, that I actually bought a Japan and Epcot in the Mitsubishi store. <laughs> That's great. How appropriate. You really tie in the theme. Yeah, and I even had a like glow-in-the-dark flower. Ooh, neat. <laughs> I didn't even know they made glow-in-the-dark origami paper. <laughs> yeah, actually in... in Epcot, Japan, they have some. And then you did some decor at the site, didn't you? Yeah, we had six paper lanterns and two of the 30-inch balloons. Well, we ended up having only one Uh (laughs) of the balloons. We started with two, but because of the pine trees at Canada Terrace, where we were about to cut our cake, the wind came in, because it's a very open location. The wind came in, and I saw, like, the balloon flying slowly onto the pine tree, and my wedding planner jumped up trying to hold it, but it was too late. And then we had, like, a big boom, <laughs> and everybody shrieked, and the balloon was gone. Aww. 
almost like you had fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had this big plan taking uh, portraits with the balloons. Yeah, well. <laughs> But what was funny about them, you pay 50 bucks for one of the balloons. What? Yeah. <laughs> That was like the most expensive part of our decor. We only spent 160 bucks total on floral because the paper lanterns are 10 each. But the balloons were 50 bucks and we barely could justify them. But we had like an up theme. So we had to have balloons. And yeah, and we cut all of the like smaller balloons that we first wanted to do and stuff. So we just had these big two. But it was funny because the one that broke, you actually get two per package. So you pay 50 bucks for the package and there are two balloons in them. And we got the leftover ones because we had two colors, so four balloons, and later given by our planner. But they just don't, I don't know, that they don't thought about like having backup balloons because we paid for them. <laughs> I know, now I'm not laughing at that story, I'm crying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when she, when she gave us uh, our package and I found the balloons, I was like, why didn't they like have them backstage or like... You know, right? Because you paid <laughs> for them. Because we paid for them, and if I had known from the beginning that there were two balloons in the package, I probably would have only chose one color. Exactly. Or you could have had all four blown up. Wouldn't that have looked nice? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I don't know why they didn't do it, but well, it was a great moment. <laughs> I think when I got the video because. The videographer and the photographers basically almost dropped their cameras. <laughs> and just think now, from now on, whenever you're at a park and some child has his balloon pop, you'll think of your wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then where did you have the lanterns hung? They were hung on the railing and we, because we did a sand ceremony, we had like a, a table just in front of the waterfall in the middle of these little alcove you could probably call it we had them put three lanterns on each side in different color patterns uh, so we basically our colors were uh, lilac and green and we had them put apricot and orange and dark green and mint green and lavender and lilac actually what i also didn't know until i saw it at our ceremony they will put the lanterns on ribbons that are in the color of the lantern you chose mm, nice and that looked really really neat and i knew we didn't need much decor because we chose kind of the terrace for the beautiful waterfall and every option disney came up with for decor basically was put in front of the waterfall mm. So they have these pillars, like with flowers on top and stuff, but that everything goes in front of the waterfall. And I always was like, why should I put anything in front of the waterfall? I wanted our photographers to be able to move freely around us during the ceremony and stuff. And we didn't need any chairs, so that was a possibility. So I tried to come up with an idea that would at least a bit represent like balloons, mm -hmm. but not like flowy in the air in front of the waterfall and everything. That's cool. <laughs> and it was 
pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Good looking and low priced. That's a great combination. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about the dessert party in Japan that you added to the escape package. Yes, we also chose Japan because of the lower guest minimum and the overall very low minimum. And also because we're anime fans. And my husband is big into video games and stuff, especially Nintendo stuff. So Japan always meant a lot to us. And it made perfectly sense to have at least our dessert party here. Also, Bonsai Terrace is a very, very beautiful location. It's at the place where the Taiko dramas on the bottom of the pagode. And you can overlook all the visitors are below you <laughs> and you look right over them and the lagoon and what's also uh, kind of neat that the earth ball which is like the center of illuminations starts at japan oh nice so you can see like the pre-pre-show of illumination starting off from that point that's neat. And so how was the view of the show? Because I love that you're high up, but I've always worried, well, you're set back so far. Did it feel far away or did the height make up for that? When we were at our October trip, we actually tried to check out the few. <laughs> they have these little bit uh, raised. They're like a little wall. It's not as high as the terrace, but a little bit higher. So we tried to see if it would work. And actually, uh, if you're standing on the far right, you have the greatest view ever. Like, Illuminations is directly in front of Spaceship Earth, basically. Oh, wow. That, that's the place where they put up the buffet. Oh, nuts. <laughs> and I tried to ask my um, planner if they could move it to the other side. Because I had seen in pictures that that's basically the place where they put it. But the area for the Taiko dramas is a little raised. So that's why they can't put it there because I think all the desserts would fall over the railing, basically. <laughs> so they have to have it there. But our smart photographers actually were so kind to like look at the location before our wedding. And they moved us around during the, the fireworks. And we had, I think, during illuminations, we went through three points and ended up being on the lower level with everybody else around us. But because of all the security you have with the dessert party and stuff, everybody was like way... <laughs> pushed to the side and actually no one was complaining or stuff they all were like gawking and, and showing and shouting congratulations and look at that bride and stuff so I got uh, the whole Disney bride attention and my guests still had the good view from Bonsai Terrace because nobody else was there she could go to the far right and um, even when you're a little bit more in the middle of the terrace your view is still really really good oh that's wonderful to hear so can you give my listeners a timeline of how all these events fit together over the day yeah so we had to wake up at 3 a.m wow <laughs> hair and makeup was supposed to come at 4 a.m but they uh, made sure to be there at 3 45 to have everything set up and stuff 
So we were wide awake at 3am and I have to say we had a two-bedroom villa. So my husband and I spent the night apart but he was in the master bedroom and I had the other bedroom, the studio basically, with my maid of honor. Because now <laughs> the beach club villas, the new renovated uh, beach club villas, have two queen beds in the studio. So that worked out perfectly. Uh, hair and makeup uh, did set up in the kitchen living room part of the two-bedroom villa. So he and I could change because I had him put on makeup too. Ah. <laughs> and I highly suggest it because some of the pictures I saw beforehand, you know, the brides, yeah, they have nice hair, they have their makeup on, and if they're awake at 3 a.m., so you don't see it. But sometimes the rooms next to them look like zombies. <laughs> <laughs> because you can see, like, they're, that they're tired and stuff. So I highly, highly suggest it if you don't want, like, a ghost groom next to you. <laughs> it was funny seeing him have makeup on during our first look, because at that point you could tell a little. Mm -hmm. And of course, he didn't put makeup on in normal life. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like, when, when we had our first look, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> the first moment, but it turned out so good in the pictures because he's not like very shiny and stuff compared to me, especially. That's a great point. Actually, from all the vendors I've looked into, it's not that big of a deal price-wise. Right, yeah, I even uh, Patrick has been hit by the airbrush a couple times by Patricia Lejeune. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we had like a little bit changing there and like hiding in the bedrooms from each other. But that was kind of funny and exciting to do. And I always had like Jenny or Nate or Gen Z look like, where's Earhart and <laughs> can I come out and stuff like that. We were ready by 6.45, I'd say, with all the getting ready pictures and stuff. Because Nate asked me if we could put the first look a little bit earlier. So that we could come into the parks earlier to have like that good morning light for portraits. Right. And they actually allowed us to do that. So we spent way more time in the park and at our ceremony location that we were actually allowed to do. That's great. So that turned out great because you get that soft light that's very flattering and you don't have to blink in the sunlight. And yeah, and it's so much cooler, which is <laughs> big deal in Orlando. Yes. Especially, you know, when we came to Orlando, it was snowing here in Germany. Wow. Not a normal thing for April, but it did. So we came and we had these big winter jackets in our room and everybody was like, why did you bring those jackets to Orlando? And we were like, you know, we came from land where it was snowing. We had to. <laughs> so not being out in the sunlight directly was actually very, very nice. We came into the parks about 8 o'clock. And went from Backstage UK, when you have your ceremony at Canada Terrace. It's this big gate between the UK and Canada. 
and then you will be escorted to Canada Terrace, but actually all through the uh, gardens that are the way to La Salle. And to cut costs a little bit, we had our first look at the beach club, so we could use the motor coach that's in the package all together and arrive with that at Canada Terrace and have it for the ceremony and the limousine we actually um, had for our dessert party. Oh, that's a really good tip. Yeah, so transportation was all included basically for us and we didn't have to pay extra for um, Japan. That's great. And then what did you do between the ceremony and the dessert party? I kind of felt bad to not feed anybody, like our vendors and our probably guests, now one guest. So I kept thinking about what I could do. I knew that I didn't want to like go to a re just the restaurant and be like, as I said, in public very much because that's not the way I like it. So I looked and all to these separate rooms or semi-private rooms in the restaurants. We looked into private dining a lot and like probably um, having a meal at the attic and stuff, but we just couldn't justify the costs for just so few people. Right. Especially the attic. It's like $1,000 for like six people. No, hmm. <laughs> sorry. So when we decided to have the two-bedroom villa, I actually came up with the idea because I've seen brides for the getting ready just do like a little brunch or have like brought little pastries and stuff for their bridesmaids and themselves to like nibble on while they're getting ready. And I thought, well, we actually could do that for like a brunch-lunch type of thing in room. And we invited our videographer and our photographers for that. So when we came back to the resort, uh, we actually had a little brunch lunch with them. Well, that's right. Uh, yeah, through private catering um, at the beach club. And yeah, it turned out perfect. I wish we had spent more time at the beach club because we had so many leftovers. <laughs> the setup, I was able to like um, have them set it up just right before we came back so they were like in the final stages when we were there but then they had to put it all in a different way because I don't know why but they used the only dining table as the setup table for the buffet oh didn't have had any table left so we actually tried to wait for the server to be gone but he uh, I think he did for Get to, he forgot to give us um, the napkins or anything like that. So <laughs> when my husband was about to grab like the biggest plate we had, he came back in and was like, "Whoa, what you're doing?" And so he um, ended up setting it all up for us again, <laughs> which was also fine because during that time I changed from my wedding attire. Oh, that's great. Did you? <laughs> call private dining ahead of time to arrange this or did you just pick up the phone and say hey we want this stuff no we called ahead of time and that was actually a very good thing for us to do because i have some food allergies and it turned out some of our um, vendors had also food allergies so i was able to contact them and tell them hey is it possible to do that or please be aware of that and stuff that's 
one thing I didn't want to like have to deal with right before the wedding. But I think it's totally fine if you call them like the day before or two days, three days before and say like, I want like a brunch or pastries and stuff. They, I'm sure they will cater to that. We had that at our room and like mingled and talked and just hung out as friends, you know. And um, by the evening, we started to get back at our my gown and his tax and everything. The limo picked us up at the beach club at around 7.30. Then we started our dessert party and had some desserts. Uh, we invited the vendors for that as well. And yeah, and while they uh, started to set everything up, we basically just talked a little and had time for ourselves as a couple because my maid of honor was obsessed with Morocco and basically <laughs> flew from the dessert party and just ran back to Morocco. So uh, we had some time for ourselves, which was also nice. And I think because it was only her, I wasn't mad at her because we didn't have like these fixed, schedule where everybody had to be there and I mean I had the whole afternoon with her so um, it actually was kind of nice to be like in our wedding attire and sitting by ourselves and having some desserts and our photographers and videographers um, were already like making plans where they were shooting and stuff so that was really really neat. Oh that's great. So with all of this fun stuff that you did, what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? I think my favorite memory and also one of my favorite pictures was our first kiss after the first kiss because when we walked back down the aisle and I don't know why that thought came to my mind or why I had that in my mind. But when we um, were at the back of Canada Terrace, just before the stairs go down, we had a moment to ourselves and he was like hugging me and kissing me. And we were like, oh my gosh, we are married. We had that moment. And I actually thought nobody was watching us, which is kind of a silly thought <laughs> in hindsight. But um, yeah, it was that was a really, really fun moment. And if I can cheat, <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Standing on the railing at Bonsai Terrace and watching like the, the earth ball from illuminations flo start floating on the water in the middle of the center where all the fireworks um, go off. And he was like, um, he had his arm around me and we were like, oh, do you remember from last October when we first saw illuminations and stuff? And that was like also a very, very sweet and intimate moment. That's wonderful. And I also have a picture of that. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So then did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Yeah, as I um, said already, the big balloon gate. <laughs> right, balloon gate. <laughs> um, with all the pine trees. So maybe don't um, put up balloons next to the pine trees on Canada Terrace. Um, yeah, what else? Um, I had charms on my bouquet that fell off during the day. 
So I maybe wouldn't suggest like you know the charms when you where you put like family pictures and stuff. They fell just right off my bouquet and I've lost one of them. That was that and yeah, big thing my veil. That's actually one of my favorite memories as well. Um my hairstylist uh forgot to put my veil in my hair. Uh oh. And she left like I think three, five minutes, and then I was like, hmm, she didn't put my veil in my hair, and I was, um, was having the veil under uh, all my, uh, all the updo, uh, my updo style I had, so it was not like you just put the veil on top and you're ready, so, but it had to be like uh, tucked in and stuff, and um, Jenny and Jenzy were standing before me, and I was like, I had I have to say I was really really relaxed because when all the vendors started to came in on the wedding day I was like completely completely relaxed because I trusted them so much and I had talked to them so much beforehand that I knew there wasn't anything else I could do about the wedding and the day just would go as it would go so I was really really relaxed and I was like Hmm, you know, girls, Kaylee forgot to put my veil in. And they were like, I left this so much. They were like losing their faces and like, oh my gosh, she's, she's going to flip out. <laughs> and then like smiling at me the next moment because, you know, they want, didn't want <laughs> me to be worried or like freaked out or anything. And immediately from both sides, they came like, you know, honey, don't worry. We will fix that. We will figure that out. Don't you worry. Don't you? And I was like, I'm not worried because I was like in the state of mind, you know, either we will put the veil in and figure that out or I will have no veil. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> and they were like so worried and like, oh, we will figure that out. We will figure that out. And, and Gen Z was like running through uh, <laughs> the room and Jenny started to think about something. And um, I actually came up with that. Maybe we should just call Kaylee. And um, uh, Gen Z uh, ended up uh, calling Kaylee and like having her um, explain where the whale should go and how we should put it in and when she started she was like so now I need some bobby pins and that was like the one thing <laughs> I didn't bring with myself uh, but actually Gen Z had some in her um, purse so that turned out fine oh uh, they managed to put it in and my uh, wedding planner uh, be before the ceremony fixed it a little bit. And so that turned out completely fine, but I just was actually turned out to be kind of funny. <laughs> Some of the items I had brought to the ceremony, like decor items and stuff, weren't put out, but just because I told nobody what they were for oh right okay so that was completely my fault and you know when you're planning over months you know every single detail and how you picture it but you have to tell people right <laughs> but it was just like i am um, for a cake topper we had the chairs from carl and ellie with our cats sitting on top hmm. and actually my mom made a little carpet for them 
and that didn't end up on the cake and stuff like that. But I told nobody about the carpet, so how should they know about the carpet? So that's really something. Right. Yeah, that's a good thing to remember. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? Be aware of what you can do and what you can't do. So with all the projects I had, I always tried to think about first how much time will it take me? What will I really save by doing them? Or can I just probably get it from an Etsy vendor and they will have made it better or like, you know, more experience doing that. So I made um, the bouquets myself and that started because I didn't want to spend so much on bridesmaid bouquets. Because I thought the pricing for the bridesmaid bouquets was insane. <laughs> and then I looked into fake bouquets, um, but I wanted them to match. And uh, yeah, so I ended up doing all the bouquets. And I know that was going to be a lot of work, but I timed it over a period of time. Because I was also um, having my finals at law school in March. Wow. So I knew from the start, I, you know, I made all the pedals over, uh, over a few months and then I had, I had them assembled in flowers, uh, like around Christmas, I started doing that. And then I knew I had to, um, have to put wire in them and stuff, but I like phased it all out and I knew that that was something. Also, because we had a very long engagement time, I started um, to look into vendors early. So when Black Friday came around, I had all the vendors picked out and could use the discount they were giving. Oh, right. Cyber Monday. So if you can, like, make you especially Etsy is great for that because you can have like your favorite lists so if you knew you wanted to have that from them and that from them uh, maybe you can talk to them if they're running discounts or wait for like the big discount holidays like Black Friday and Cyber Monday and that was actually why I could have had custom jewelry because the headpiece I fell in love with from the one jewelry maker was very expensive. And at first I couldn't justify the cost for that. But then she um, did run a promotion. And because I talked to her um, before that, she let me know ahead of time. And then I uh, actually, for the price of the headpiece, I had uh, have my... Uh, bracelet and my earrings as well wow. and all from the same vendors so they would really match and you know when you plan ahead because you see something don't run and buy that and stuff like that that's really something brides should be aware of <laughs> these are great tips is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day our lovely photographers already did our preview on their blog. It's rootweddings.com. I also have some pictures in some of the Facebook groups. And I'm trying to start back again on my planning journal and trip report on the disports. That's great. 
Well, Katarina, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think this is really helpful information that you've given, especially for someone who's planning from far away, as far away as Europe. And <laughs> uh, I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at Passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at Passporter.com and Amazon.com. <laughs>